Listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. Joined by William Brad Alice. I am merely Mike Luke. All right. We already got comments coming in hot and heavy. Sean Seeley, back the A, as we know, right there. And we got Jose Roman, bear down. Appreciate you all. Appreciate Brad for showing up. Appreciate Sean for showing up on Saturday. Meant a lot. Appreciate you guys. Oh, no worries. My, now, my son was not quite as thrilled, but, uh, you know, that, that's part of growing up. Just look at it that way. But all right, so let's let's talk about let's talk a little bit about uh, what we watched against uh, Colorado and what we're going to see, or excuse me, against California and what it means for Colorado. Um, I think what worries me the most about this game, quite frankly, is that California is a kind of an average team. I mean, they might be a little above average, Brad. They got some talented guys, but this isn't Georgia you're playing. This isn't a team that should have been able to rush for almost 400 yards against you. That's where I think it's a little disconcerting. Yeah, I think that's the disappointment. It's not even necessarily – well, yeah, the score was disappointing because I think Cal is a middling Pac-12 team, which means Arizona's probably more like we thought they were um, than maybe we hoped they were after um, the 2-1 and one start. Uh, but what I take some promise in is I think Arizona is a couple big mistakes away from that being a, a football game. Uh, and I think the real turning point of that game was the uh, the fumble when Arizona was in kind of the red zone and just kind of blowing right. too many. I don't even know if I want to call them red zone, but maybe pink zone opportunities. You know, inside mm-hmm. the forty. Um, I I still have not seen a great replay of the interception that was called back. Right. Um, some of that is just the lack of great. Uh, high def from uh, watching the uh, Pac-12 on, on the app. Um, but then Arizona's response, Cal promptly went down and scored the touchdown. I think Arizona giving up on plays on defense. So there are certainly concerns, but they were the concerns we had entering the season that we maybe were kind of hoping were answered by uh, you know the last week's game. But at the end of the day, yeah, they're two and two. And for those of us who thought this was a four or five win football team, they still appear that way. doesn't mean they can't catch fire. But this was one they really needed if they were going to try to sneak into a bowl game. And now I think it becomes very difficult. Four, but four or five wins, I would, I've would. i said before the season, I would have taken every single day in the week. Um, Jose Roman, I think, makes a very interesting point right here. Um, and he says, why are we having trouble setting the edge, Brad? I mean, that does seem to be an issue. It just it, North Dakota State certainly was able to get that. And Cal was able to really, uh, really get that. Some of that is, is scheme. Uh, when you play the the basically the four two five, only having two linebackers, you can't send uh, outside linebackers to go assist the ends. Uh, some of that is you know the fact that Eccles is not a real big end, and, and frankly Harris isn't a huge end either. So you don't have that. You know, I think last 
uh, you know, a couple years ago, Justin Belknap was very good at setting the edge because he was a big physical end. He wasn't particularly athletic. Um, and some of it, yeah, is just over pursuing the play. Cal using some misdirection. And, and frankly, still Arizona's, you know, they're still not there from a talent standpoint. I mean, they're right. better. Um, you know, you look at, I got some offensive numbers I, I might share later that I was researching for my podcast, but um, we're certainly seeing an improvement. Uh, but they're not there yet. They're certainly not there. Yet. Now, I don't think Cal should have been able to rush for 400. And even if you take away the the 74-yard run, it's still not a good uh, game. Uh, but that's, you know, I think we all knew that was kind of going to be Arizona's weakness is physical teams. I just don't know if any of us expected Cal to be one of those physical teams, especially after putting up uh, just 17 points on a good-ish Notre Dame team the week before. <laughs> Are you surprised? Are you surprised that the team isn't further along defensively? We're going to get to offense here in a second because, again, offensive wise, I, I like what we're uh, I like what Arizona's seeing. But are you as a little surprised that defensively there doesn't seem to be a marked improvement? No, because just because of the personnel. Personnel, because it's what we what we hope for a lot of guys to get better, and only a few of them got better. Right. Um, well, Jerry Roberts is better than I think he appeared last year. Uh, you know. Jalen Harris certainly is playing better, but he's still not the guy we hoped he could be. Eccles has exceeded expectations. Mm. Do you love the DBs other than Roland Wallace? Um, you know, Jackson Turner makes plays, but he also gets burned. Uh, you know, that second corner has been problematic for Arizona. Uh, you know, Gunnar Maldonado is probably not a guy a, a top six Pac-12 team has playing nickel. Um, you know, the freshman linebackers have been up and down i mean uh you know colby cage is super athletic but seems to be in the wrong spot a lot of times jacob manu is not super athletic uh so he seems to get run around a little bit now can they develop absolutely they're young guys but yeah this is still a work in progress you know there's not the depth on defensive line linebacker that nansen kind of bragged about when he said they wanted to go nine deep at those spots they don't um so yeah um they're better overall, I think. Uh, you know, Mississippi State put some points on them. We all knew what North Dakota State was going to do. This is the first game where I've been really disappointed in the defense. Right. Now let's talk. Let's talk offensively, though. Arizona right now. I again, Jaden Delora is not the best quarterback U of A's ever had, but he's certainly good enough to win games with. He's going to be a little frustrating at times, but you're going to be able to win some games with him. And this offense is going to be able to score some points, Brad. Yeah, Arizona's averaging, by my calculations, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, just over 29 points a game, 29 and mm -hmm, a quarter. Right. Last year through four games, they averaged 17. The year before through four games, granted that was most of the season, they averaged 20. Um, so certainly we've already seen an improvement uh, and, and against better teams, frankly, than they played last year in the first four games. Uh, right. you know, even if San Diego State is comparable to their last year, they're not as good. North Dakota State's better than NAU, and mm -hmm. certainly um, Mississippi State's better than BYU. But averaging about 30 points a game, and that's with, again, in both the Mississippi State game and last week's game, giving up opportunities to score because you're chasing points. I mean, you can right. settle for field goals, things like that. Um, so those saying, you know, Fish is a bad play caller. He may not be an elite play caller, but he's certainly I mean, 30 points a game against that schedule is fine. Um you know, they're mid-level in the Pac-12 in, in scoring, and, and they didn't play some of the paths some of the other teams are playing. So, yeah, I think they're fine. The problem is 
much like last year in those games where you're you're either trying to put a team away or trying to stay in the game they've had mistakes whether that's turnovers whether that's bad penalties whether that and occasionally suspect play calling um because again i, I want to say they had four three or four red zone turnovers against cal now one of them was that meaningless one late in the game you know they also weren't able to challenge that play in the end zone uh, and I, I have no idea. I know some people said they were sure it was a touchdown and others saying they're sure it's an interception and uh, others saying, no, it was an incomplete. I don't know, but it led to the uh, false start penalty because the Pac-12 refs mishandled it. Right. Uh, but those are things good teams overcome. And right now, Arizona's not there. Uh, you know, you can't come away with no points by having Delora fumble because he holds onto the ball too long because he's trying to make plays. You can't, you know, Arizona's trying to to stay in that game and he throws what was really just a, a bad pick trying to force the ball into, into T-Mac when I believe he had Wiley open in the flat and Wiley had no within five yards. I mean, I know there's a safety there, but if he puts one move on, he's got the first down. At the very least, he probably has five yards. Right. Um, so that's, you know, we keep hearing whoever the announcer was the other day love saying gunslinger, and I think it's an overused term, but it's not inaccurate. Uh, Delora, every once in a while, has to know when it's time to either take the easy play or get out of the play. Right. Now with uh now if you I were to tell you before the season that Arizona was going to be three and two. Um again, you gotta look at it from that perspective. Or again, these teams aren't very good. I get that, but I will say that I expect Arizona to blast Colorado. And if they don't blast Colorado, then they're not as far along as we thought. Yeah, I mean, if for some reason they lose to Colorado, then then that is not quite a disaster on par with NAU, but it's bad. Mm -hmm. This is a terrible Colorado team. Um, and I think, again, I think Arizona's fine. I think Arizona is probably, I saw one of the power rankings, had them at ninth. I think that's accurate. Um, yeah. But that's an improvement. Last year, they were the worst team in the Pac-12. Um, and got manhandled by a, a mediocre to bad Colorado team. So, yeah, this is, I still think, a litmus test game. Unfortunately, they had one, which was Mississippi State. They showed they're not a fringe top 25 team, which is fine. Right. Their next litmus test was Cal, where they showed they're probably not a bowl team. Now they have to at least show that they're the team we think we saw against North Dakota State in, in San Diego State, and that's an okay team. And it's fine in year two of a massive rebuilding to be okay. It's it's frustrating, you know. But you know, I'm 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 not old school. I believe in moral victories because I understand you can't build Rome in a day, right? Uh, like you can in college basketball, where all you have to do is you know. <laughs> Unlock right. Dallin Terry's uh, and and get mm -hmm. and unlock Christian Coloco, and you're suddenly the the Pac-12 champions like Tommy Lloyd did. But this this is football, and the fact is you're you're at least have already doubled your wins, and you're probably you know four or five win team. That's perfectly fine in what is going to be a slow rebuild. Um, is it frustrating? Yeah, of course it is. We all wanted this to be an eight and four football team, but it's not unless right. something miraculous happens, and if so, great. Put put Jed Fish as coach of the year. Um, you know, right now he's 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 at least uh, not in the Carl Durrell category. <laughs> he's definitely not in the Carl Durrell Edwards category, where they are all in contention for the what I like to call the Lorenzo Romar uh, underwhelming coaching uh, award. Right. Okay. Now let me tell you a couple things. First of all, Four Peaks Brewery, the official brew of. P uh, yes, the official brew of PHNX. Uh, Arizona Sun Devils uh, watch parties there at Four Peaks Brewery. The other thing, too, that's great about Four Peaks is 
they have it on tap or they have it at tap and bottle where you could come hang out with us for every away game. But again, check out four peaks 20 got to be 21 and up and you need to enjoy responsibly. Okay. Now, before we go, uh, we're going to talk a little bit of Arizona basketball because everybody's excited about it. I look at this, though, Brad, and I think that this offense, and again, we're tr- I'm doing a little bit of a glasses half full type thing, but I think this offense right now is could be really, really, really good next year because just look at the players that you have. You get Delora back. Tanner McLaughlin, as funny as it is to say, you know, is going to be a big part of that. You know, you could, lo- you could lose cowing to the NFL. I think uh, you do. I think he's out. Isn't he out of eligibility? Yeah, he would have one more year. He would, because have, he would one have one more. Yeah, so I think there's a good chance he could come back because he hasn't yes. put up those monster numbers. And then you, but you would have T Mac, you would have Singer, and you would have to imagine that a guy like a Kevin Green or an AJ Jones or somebody, you know, emerges there. You got Fam, Speedy Luke. And then at the running back spot, you would have potentially DJ Williams, Michael Wiley, um, Jonah Coleman. So offensively. And you left out a name, Burnett. Who again Burnett, is he, right now right, third, right? And that's not a knock on him. That's because uh, you know McLaughlin and Lions is have played better, and that's right. fine. He's a freshman. I mean, I know we like to say, you know, we get all excited about these four star freshmen. Well, you know what? Sometimes four star freshmen are based on their potential, not their ability to walk in right away. And that's not an indictment on Burnett. And I still think we'll see him play some this year. Um, but right now, you, you know, McLaughlin's been. You could argue he's been Arizona's most successful tight end uh, since Gronkowski. Now, I'm not yeah. putting him in that rarefied air, but... Our um, guy, Quinn Magnuson, whose son Leif is on the team, has called him McGronklin. I like it. You know who... I think if he could be Richard Griffith, if you want a name from the past, or he can be Mike Lucky, then I'm fine with that. Lamar so- Lovett? I mean, not Lamar Lovett, uh, excuse me, Lamar Harris. Lamar Harris, yeah. I mean, if he could yeah. be one of those. Well, Harris was a guy who was drafted really high despite he – was, he was a much more like Chris Henry. But Arizona's had some tight ends in the past. Now they were all in the Tomy era and a little bit in the Stoops era. But if he could even be those guys, I'm perfectly happy with it. Okay, now – couple things and now we're going then we're going to get to Arizona basketball because it's right around the corner again tap and bottle very very good showing on Saturday need this to be your spot for all away games Sean Seeley Kobe Thiel showed up there really appreciate you guys William Brad Alice showed up with uh, the future offensive tackle for the Arizona Wildcats Tyler Alice then on top of that, had a lot of other people, but again, Four Peaks Brew there. It was a great time. That's where we're going to be for every away party now. Remember this. Hey, I want to shout out to Jose, though. Uh, Jose, I did not mention Manamalaula because he was always underutilized at the tight end position by Dick Tomey. He, he deserved more catches. Didn't he come Sorry. in as a defensive lineman initially? Yeah, I believe so. Well, I mean, that was Dick Tomey. I was right. bringing two-way players. And again, he played forever in the NFL, but I always wanted more passes to that guy. So, Jose, right. good call, though. Okay, so – um but uh, again, Four Peaks Brewery, check it out. Uncle Kev is going to be in town October 15th. So if you can make it there, absolutely make it there. It'd be a lot of fun to be able to see everybody. And again, got to tell you about Game Time. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets, sports, concerts, everything, shows, you name it. Save up to 60% on tickets. When you buy tickets last minute, it's great for procrastinators out there. And if you love PHNX, then you love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Okay, now Arizona basketball red-blue game is here. First of all, I'm of a, Tommy Lloyd was obviously an 
A plus home run hire. Um, you could just tell by what he did last year on you know how good on how well he did. But I will say I think this team is going to take it's going to be a little bit of a regression this year, mainly because I think it's impossible unless you're Duke or Kentucky to be able to replace a Ben Mather and a Christian Coloco and a Dalen Terry in just one cycle. And granted, you're bringing in some guys like a Cedric Henderson. You're bringing in a Courtney Ramey, who we're going to get to in a minute. But there aren't guys, your normal players out there, that can come in and make up for two lottery picks or close to lottery picks and a uh, uh, a high second-round pick there, Brad. Well, I will, I will say this. I think the guy they're going to struggle to replace is Matherin. Mm-hmm. I love what Dallin Terry did, and... Uh, but remember, he wasn't. He had a good season. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a great season as a scorer. Um, you'll be hard pressed to replace his defense. You'll be hard pressed to replace his intangibles. But that is something you can do with two or three guys. Whereas you really can't re- replace an elite scorer. Even though two or three guys may pick up the scoring slack, they they don't stress a defense like Mather and Ridge. They don't get you that key bucket like he could. Um, Coloco, I think you can replace now. You're not gonna replace his shot blocking, but his overall presence between Balo and, and, and Visa and, and to a lesser extent Anderson, I think you've replaced your, your post pretty well. They're right. different. I agree with that. Um, so I think those expecting a huge drop off, I don't see it. Now, is this a a one seed or a two seed? No, I don't think they are. But I don't think they're suddenly a team that is on the bubble either. I think they probably look somewhere between like a four and a six. I said somewhere uh, if they can I, gel quickly. Um, but again, I think the hardest thing is you had a legit first or second team All American in Ben Matherin that I don't see being replaced. But again, could they score a similar amount of points per game? Yeah. Could they? Could they? You know, replace the rebounding and the and the steals? Yeah. Do I think they can even be still pretty darn good on defense even without that one extra lockdown defender? Yeah. But there is something that a, you know, there's something that a a Matherin gives you that a a, a Jason Terry gave you. A guy who, again, there's just a, there's a certain amount when you have a guy that can get, you can get the ball to at the end of the game and say, listen, we got to get a bucket. And we saw that, we saw that against uh, TCU with Matherin where Sean Miller didn't call a timeout, didn't do any of that. He just, I mean, not Sean Miller. Tommy Lloyd. (laughs) Tommy Lloyd didn't call a timeout. Sean Miller would have called a timeout. Um, Tommy Lloyd looks at him and says, go. And, you know, he squares up, rises up, and hits the three. That's something you either have or you don't. I'm not saying that there's somebody on this team that couldn't possibly do that, but that's a unique skill set right there, Brad. And I don't even know if – I think we overemphasized the last shot of the game where those truly elite scores, uh, and two of them do jump out in mind. I'm probably forgetting 15, you may, but – Sean Elliott and Jason Gard mm-hmm. got you the big bucket with a minute left. Yeah. The one that pushed it from a one possession yeah. to two possession, good point. two possession to three possession. The guy who gets you eight points down the stretch, down the final five minutes. Um, because you know what? You can draw up a great play, get Kirk Crease a wide open look and he, and he's, and he's hit it before, you know, you can get, you know, whoever a wide open look, you can get the game winner, but can you have the guy that can take over the game? For two minutes, three minutes, four minutes. Can you have the guy, or conversely, who draws so much attention that two guys can pick up that scoring slack? So suddenly, you know, you're you're having to put your best defender on Matherin and hedge against Matherin, and suddenly, uh, 
Creaser's getting a layup or Coloco's getting a dunk or, you know, Tubelis. Because you know, I think Tubelis is going to draw a lot of that kind of attention. But it's really hard for a player like Tubelis to take over a game late uh, when you need to create your own shot. And that's what Matherin did so well. And that's what I'm not sure some of these guys could do. Can Carissa do that? I don't know. Because he, again, thinks the lane is hot lava. Um, you know, I just don't know. Can Raimi do it? I don't know. But Matherin could. And again, Matherin changed how teams defended you. Again, just like Derek Williams did. Just like Mike Bibby did. Just like Sean Elliott did. Go down the list of those great teams. They had a guy who attracted that kind of attention. Right. Um, in your best case scenario, you have two or three and you, and you don't know what, you know, you have to go triangle with two and hope Michael Dickerson has an off night. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry to bring up some terrible memories. I will, By the way, up. I see, I see Michael Dickerson. I refer Michael, Dick, I ref Michael Dickerson's game on Sunday. Is he night. playing it? Well, he's playing ball. Yeah. I ran into him at a, at a filling up his car. We talked. Looks about fantastic. Him. He does. I said, Hey, are you Mike D? He's like, yeah. yeah. Could you tell through all the gray hair? I'm like, no, I thought I was expecting more. Right. No, no. I mean, he like he's I, I, it's funny because I asked him, I was like, Michael Dickerson. Right. And then he says um, he says, I think people keep asking me this because I got the gray hair now. And I almost said the exact same thing. Mike, you look fantastic for being your age. Yeah. You know, he and he was always one of my favorites. I, I, I was a huge Mike. D guy. No doubt. All right. Let's talk about on this team, though. So I think it's fair to say that Azulis Tabellis needs to be the best player on this team. Is that fair? It certainly helps. Yeah, if he can yeah. be in a fringe All-American, that makes us a really good team. And he has the ability to do it. I know everyone's down on him um, because he had a bad end of the year. I think a lot of that was injury. Um, you know, and I think the injury got to his head a little bit. Um, it's just like people don't remember prior to January of his senior year how good Hassan Adams was. Right. Um, because all people remember is the slump. Uh, so I'm hoping Tubelis can rebound because, yeah, he's – uh, literally and figuratively rebound by the right. way, because he is a guy who is a gifted scorer, who it could be a guy to score 18 a game, who is kind of a matchup nightmare in the Pac-12. Right. Now, Courtney Ramey. I think that Courtney Ramey is going to be, uh, if you were to tell me that he's going to be Arizona's second best player, and I don't know that it would actually it would, it would surprise me, and KB Thiel says, Ramey is going to be one of the most important players this year. If he can drop 12 to 14 a game, shoot well and play great defense, we're going far. If not, our ceiling is limited. I think the ceiling is limited to a certain extent, but Courtney Ramey, I think, has the potential to be that second player right there. Not the second player like you had last year, per se, but a guy that could be an all-conference type guy there, Brad. I will say this. I think if even Ramey puts up the identical numbers that he did last season, you know, that 9- to 10-point range, um, but you have other guys scoring in the 12 to 14, I think Arizona's ceiling is is probably higher than than maybe we think. Um, in a weird way, I don't, I'd almost be worried if he's the second best player. Mm-hmm. I think that means other guys haven't developed enough. Well, who, who would you ideally like to be that second best player? Uh, you know what? I, I'm not, I don't care who it is, but I would love for it to be some combination of, of Larson or Kerr or Pella. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a guy who, who, again, I think, I think have more untapped potential. Right. Um, again, and if it is Ramey and other people fill in the Ramey role, that's great. But Ramey to me seems like a guy who's better off kind of being your third or fourth option. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now I agree with you, Kirk Creesa. Um, and I've talked about this quite a bit before. Um, if Kirk Creesa has to be 
Kirk Reese, I think, has to just be a better shooter because there's no reason that he shouldn't be a better shooter. You watch him play. He's got the reputation. He's got the pure form that we've already talked about before. Um, he's got to be that guy, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, you know, looking back, I hope he doesn't have Joe McClain disease. Apologies to Joe Mack. But Joe Mack, if you don't remember, score, shot over 60% behind the arc in high school. Right. Um, great. He shot over guys because he was he from Concordia, California. It wasn't mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. De La Salle, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. But he he never shot really well in college. And the form looked good. Um, some of it was his. he was not the athlete that a guy like maybe Corey Williams was or some of those other but I'm hoping Creasa can, yeah, because Creasa has the form. He, he looks good. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Now, let me also add this. If Creasa is Arizona's second-best player, part of me does worry that then he tries to become the team's best player and chemistry is off on right. the court. Um, Creasa does still have to play within himself. But if Creasa can be a guy who once every four games can drop 18 and go, you know, five or six from behind the arc out of 10 or something and just light a game up, that opens up everything because then he becomes a guy, even if he's not having a big scoring night, you have to defend. And that's, again, what Matherin gave them. Matherin gave them a guy you had to concentrate on. Um, and I think that was key. And that's why I'm curious to see the further development of Adama Ball, of Pella Larson, you know, even to a lesser extent, Henderson, guys who are bigger, athletic, potentially guys who can get create their own shot. And really make you kind of is, kind of defend him. Is there a chance that offensively Kirk Creasa just kind of is who he is? Sure. That, that maybe he's just not that good of a shooter. That he's a maybe a timely shooter, but he's maybe just not that type of guy though either. You know, uh, if you want a, another sports equivalent, he could just be a guy who has a really beautiful swing, mm-hmm. either golf or or baseball, but can't get can't get a hit or can't hit the right. green. There are guys who have pure swings, and there's other guys who just go up and muscle it up. Um, and, and we've seen, you know, Miles Simon was that guy, not a pretty shot. It worked at least at the college level. Right. Um, and other guys. Yeah. I mean, they can't all be Salim where everything works. Uh, so yeah, it could be, I hope not. I hope he's a guy who can further develop. I hope that experience in Europe over the summer, uh, has made him a better player. Uh, but frankly, again, if you've got last year's Kirk Creesa and other people step up, this is still a very interesting, fun team. Um, but they're probably not one who can get to the final four sweet 16 or, or even second to game is probably the ceiling unless, you know, Chris again takes another step. Yeah. Uh, now. All right. We're going to get to, uh, I think K- KB Thiel makes an interesting point. That's where Ramey comes into play. Ramey can play on the ball and Kirk can play off the ball. He's dynamic enough to take the pressure. I think what's fascinating to me, at least a little bit about Ramey again, is that at Texas in the last year under Shaka Smart, he was a 12.4 assist guy that was also one of the better defensive players in the conference. I think that's more of the style that you're going to end up seeing this year. So I think it's easier to extrapolate that out there, William. Yeah, and I think what becomes very interesting about this team is what was interesting about last year's team that you and I were speculating four months before the season. I don't know if people really either caught on or really listened to us, but we thought that Arizona might have three to four to five guys who could be alternate ball handlers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really became the case. You know, we saw, I think Dallin Terry exceeded expectations. Um, Pella Larson exceeded expectations. Uh, maybe some other guys didn't quite, but this team has that as well. You don't absolutely just have to have Kirk Creaso be your ball dominant point guard. It could be Ramey one night. It could be Larson uh, for stretches. 
Again, I want to see what Ball has. He was a guy who was raised as a point guard. Now, we have all learned through the Sean Miller era and even parts of the loot era that every time they sold us a combo guard, they were two guards. <laughs> yes. I get it. Daniel uh, Dillon, the latest great combo guard. Uh, the, the Trier, uh, Kadeem Allen, uh, Raleigh Alkins. Uh, maybe the only one who kind of almost lived up to that was Gabe York. But that was a one-year senior yeah. success story. So, um, you know, but even under loot, we had a few guys build as combo guards that were two guards. So I'll see it when I believe it. But again, I think ball can at least handle the ball when needed. Uh, so that takes pressure off Kirk Kreese because I think there are times when Kreese presses as a point guard where he either looks to shoot too much or doesn't look to shoot enough. Whereas, okay, Ramey can come in as the fifth-year senior, as the guy – settle the game down, you know, run the point through, through him. Um, you know, like they did at times with, with Kyer last year as well. I mean, you've got guys who can do that last year. And I think you got guys who can do it this year. Right. And maybe at a higher level. I don't know. Ball's the wild card. Cause I don't know if you have a guy who can replace Terry, but if you get 10% better Pella Larson, if Ramey is 50% better Kyer, then you're in pretty good shape. All right. Now, before we're going to get to the down low in just a second there, Jose, but again, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Code word PHNX. Here's the deal. So you can put down just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Now, if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Right now, with every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts higher than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? That's the question. This makes things sweeter. You can throw down on stepped-up, same-game parlays once per game all season long. And again, it's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Uh, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, now let's talk before we sign off here. Let's talk about up front. I think up front Arizona is going to be good, and quite frankly, I think that Maybe outside of Oregon, I think they could be the best uh, front court in the conference. Um, maybe they could be the best front court because Azulus Tabellas, assuming that he isn't, you know, uh, scarred from last year, should be another all-conference season. Umar Balo, I'm very interested to see what he looks like. The thinner slim down, and I think Visar will be good in time. Um, I think he could be solid, but I still look at him as more of maybe a nine and four guy, nine and five guy. But I'm fine with that little triumvirate right there, William. Honestly, if you can get 30 and 15 out of the post, out of all of them. 100%. Uh, yeah, because, again, I'm going to assume Zoo's a 15 and 7 guy. And it could be better. Uh, so if you can get another 15 out of some combination of Balo, Visar, uh, Henderson when he slides down to the four, which I think will happen in some games a lot. Um, and, again, I'm, I'm not really counting on, on Anderson contributing much, if at all. But again, if you get into foul trouble, being able to bring off a guy with, with that kind of talent is a lot better than a lot of teams in Pac-12. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, and you know, KB just said the same thing. We know it's, it, the, the question is how much time does Henderson spend at the four? Right. And if you tell me he's going to spend three minutes a game at the four, I'd believe you. If you tell me he's going to spend 20 minutes a game at the four, I'd also believe you. Um, because again, I just, again, I don't know what to expect from Visar. I, I think Ballo will be good because he continued to get better last year. And I don't necessarily count on the staff having that kind of regression and then having to build him back up. 
Um, if anyone remembers like the first two years of, of Channing Fry, he always seemed to play right. really poorly till finals ended. And then mm, boom, right. Uh, Mid-December, he got back into the, the previous season's form. But uh, yeah, so I think, again, I think they also have matchup nightmares. Uh, you can go physical, big and physical. You can go small and athletic. Uh, you can mix and match. You can go really small and, and actually put Larson at the four and just out, try to outwing you. Uh, so I think I think Tommy Lloyd has the opportunity to have some fun with this lineup and, again, be able to bring along Anderson and, and, and Philly B really, really slowly. Right. All right, Brad, where can they find you? Where can they get your podcast? Uh, yeah, it's been on a little hiatus, had a little uh, more kid issues. Uh, but mm-hmm. WSR, Brad, I probably only have one this week. I've had a sick kid the last two days, so it's kind of hard to record. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter, WSR Brad. You can find me on Spotify, Apple, and uh, Google Podcasts, Anchor under the uh, Wildcat Sports Report podcast or Wildcat Sports Report Wildcast, depending on how old the feed is before a certain daily paper. Took right. Okay, Brad, again, as always, really appreciate you, my man. Uh, uh, big ups again for coming on Saturday. Appreciate everybody in here commenting. We will be back with you. Uh, Brad, uh, me and Shu, if Brad can make it for the postgame. Yeah, I apologize. Okay. If that game didn't go four hours, I was going to be on. We just had to be at yeah. the the ballpark for oh. and what became an ugly baseball game. Not a good one. But I will say this, though, uh, with the 6 o'clock, what, what, time, uh, what time you guys play Saturday? I believe we play at 7, 7.30, so, uh, you know, might be, might be able to jump on late. We'll play it by ear on that one. But, yeah. again, as always, Brad, really appreciate you, buddy. Anytime. All right. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Mm-hmm.